We've been getting such great feedback about the I Am A Powerful Lady t-shirt that people have been asking where you can get them. Great news. You can get them at the Powerful Ladies store, thepowerfulladies.com. Click shop. And they're on sale right now. We get 15% off if you provide your email address to join our awesome newsletter. And we're also coming out very soon with kids versions and ones for men as well. Because we can all cite somebody who is just like, well, I don't want to be like that person who was a showboat and just mm-hmm. so crazy. Then I will argue, and this is groovy, but what you picked up on is not their showboatness. You picked up on their insecurity. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in themselves either. Yeah. They're just showing it in a different way. Yes. So be the person who accepts exactly who you are and you'll never go wrong. That's Renee Colbert. And this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. These are people that inspire me and remind me that everything is possible. I hope that you will be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Renee Colvert is a writer, a runner, a podcast panelist, and has one of the best jobs in LA. She's a co-creator and one of the hosts on the Can I Pet Your Dog podcast, a podcast dedicated to, well, all things dogs. Awarded podcasts that make you happy by Oprah Magazine, as well as Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Can I Pet Your Dog started in 2015 with Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame as their first guest. Originally from Colorado Springs, Colorado, Renee traveled between LA and New York to pursue her passion in musical theater. On this episode, She shares her story of chasing what brings her joy, including being a mom to dog tugboat, and how pursuing her interests have brought her through many career phases. We discuss how to know what your passion is, how to find your circle in the competitive landscapes of Broadway and Hollywood, and the unpredictability of where life will take you. All that's coming up shortly. First, this episode is brought to us by our friends at York Athletics. York is a Boston-based, family-owned performance footwear brand that believes the fighting spirit inside all of us has the power to redefine individuals, inspire communities, and change the future. Obviously, they are totally aligned with the Powerful Ladies message. It's a three-year-old startup with a lot of footwear industry heavyweights from brands like Nike, Puma, Reebok, who saw a need for clean, comfortable, minimally branded footwear in the performance space, versatile enough to wear in and out of the gym. Solid nods from the media over the years from Men's Health, Men's Fitness, ESPN Women's, Pop Sugar Fitness, Esquire, Hypebeast, BuzzFeed, and now Powerful Ladies recommends that you get your own pair of York Athletic Sneakers. For everyone that's been listening for a while, you guys know Elizabeth McGarry from episode one. York is where she is the creative director. So give Powerful Ladies some love, give Elizabeth some love, and go check out York. You will not be disappointed. YorkAthleticsMFG.com. And everyone that's listening here gets $20 off their first free pair. Use promo code POWERFUL20 at checkout for $20 off your first pair. Free shipping and exchanges are on them. Let me know when you are ready, Jordan. And if I am talking close enough, I have an issue with the mic. It took me years to learn. They're like, eat it. I'm like, I don't know. Well, for me, it's like so, I'm like, Ugh, like I'm not a germaphobe, but I also don't want to make oh. out where someone else may have made yeah, out. Yeah, no, that's fair. Especially, so yeah. Um, 
Can we sanitize this? But then she told <laughs> I mean, me that Joe Magliano, whatever his name is, was oh, here sure. last. I was like, I'll make case, out with well, this one. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we got to take five minutes for me to lick it. <laughs> How does that sound as a recording? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, let me explain. <laughs> what you're hearing right now is. Right. Okay. Ready, Jordan? Yeah, we can go. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the Powerful Ladies podcast. I've been starting with all of my guests. I just want to introduce yourself, who you are, and what you're up to. You bet. So uh, my name is Renee Colvert. I have a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? It is about dogs. Amazing. So, yeah, exactly. We're not hiding what it's about in the title <laughs> right there. Uh, and I'm a writer and then uh, a bunch of podcasts I'm a panelist for. So that's uh, that's my jam right now. Awesome. What does it mean to be a podcast panelist? Oh, great question. So somebody else has the podcast and all I have to do is show up and say, I agree with you or I disagree. Here's a new opinion. And then that's that's basically it. I think that's another job I need to add to my list of jobs to have. Because yes, that sounds awesome. You'd be excellent at it. I just got really excited because I finally got summoned for jury duty. Ooh. Like, I've been asking for this my entire life, and it just showed up the other day, and I'm like, yes. Now, I think you may be the one person who is looking forward to jury duty. Does that seem right? It could be. It could be. It's not a common thing. So it's part of, like, (laughs) Kara's a weirdo list. But no, I've always loved um, the whole aspect of law and and being um, a judge and, like, just, I like deciding like the rules and what's happening and yeah. being logical and saying it for justice. So all those boxes get checked for me. And I also have like a hidden passion of like, maybe I should go to law school one day, but Ooh. maybe I don't need to. Sure. So yeah. I'm like, I can just I'm jump on- into being a lawyer. They're not going right. to check They're that certification. <laughs> just go right to a judge. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I ha- can be a jury, like I get to like see it all. It's like, like a uh, shadowing someone like a day at work with a lawyer. That is such a good attitude. I so. genuinely only know people who dread it. You should, yeah, you should pave the way of, hey, yeah. it's a nice opportunity to learn. Right, and I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that I'm going to get there and ask the questions and they're going to find something about me that they're like, mm-mm. Oh, right. Like she's not, she's going to be bad for whatever side I'm on. And I'm going to be like, no, like, no, I, I promise I'll be good. I'm very fair. Like, let me stay. <laughs> So I'm excited about I that. I feel like but. with that attitude, they mm-hmm. will. They'll be like, she's she, she's the one person who wants to be here. Let's yes. keep her. Right. Yeah. How many days can you do this? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you only pay $15 a day. Yeah. So I don't know. Right. Maybe we can trade some food or something. Yeah. That. Now, do you have a uh, a case that you're hoping for? I mean, if it was up to me, I would love it to be like a big detective filled yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, oh, my roommate didn't pay rent. Sure. I'd be like, right. oh. I mean, I would still yeah. be excited to do it. Right. But that would be fun. I would Wouldn't only... that be great if they brought in a jury for that? It'd be so <laughs> like, amazing. I feel like it's pay your rent is the verdict <laughs> of that. It's <laughs> just showing how naive I am about the entire experience. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sure there's uh, intricacies that would allow yeah. for a full jury. But yeah, I hope you do too. I'm excited. Thank you. I don't think you can tell me about it after you do it, but uh, you can do a little wink like it was fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll Good see. Deal. Okay. I'll see. Yeah, as long as it's a case, not a case where I can't use the internet. Yeah. Like, I feel awful for those um, poor jurors that were on, like, the OJ trial and things like that where you can't communicate with the rest of society. Right. For months. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you read 24-7. Which, in a way, is great. Oh, I but love I books. Think, gosh, what was it? I think... Forgive me, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but um, the people that were on the Cosby jury, uh, oh. we had like massive news that happened while they were doing that. And then they yeah. all had to come out of it being like, 
So who got shot? What happened? What's yes. happening? So yeah, it's uh, it's a little crazy. But, like a country might not exist right. while the time you're on a jury like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you have this amazing podcast about dogs. I do. You're a podcast panelist. Um, you are also a writer. Yes. Um, and then you're a writer for what? Great question. So I do a bunch of articles, just like online article mm-hmm. stuff. So there is a, a website called Hello Giggles yeah. that Zoe Deschanel uh, created for you. It's all real campy. So everything I do is the news, but with the uh, the decoration of like, hey, girl, did you hear? Uh, so you just have to like write uh-huh. that in front of yes. that uh, vitamins are good for you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Hello Giggles. And then I also write for a website called cuteness.com. And that is only about animals. Oh, which is great. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. cute. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then Jordan has mentioned that you've done some like other like performing type projects, maybe some acting, maybe some. Th- I'm not sure what that is, but she has mentioned sure. you are a performer. <laughs> yes. So I'm on career four or five at this point. Uh, it all it all started back back in 1842 uh, <laughs> when I was uh, a musical theater performer is how awesome. it started out. Mm-hmm. So I worked at theme parks for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I got a show that took me to New York. Awesome. And then I did shows in New York for a while. Mm-hmm. And then two things happened in New York. Uh, one, doing the exact same thing every day. I was like, uh-oh. I, oh, no, I don't love that. Uh, And then also I was like, oh, I cannot sing like that. So it was a combination of I was bored and also I didn't have the chops. So that turned into uh, being a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And that brought me back to Los Angeles. Uh, And then I developed some running programs here and worked on that. And then that went into writing because I started writing uh, fitness articles. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then writing, how did that? No, I think personal, and then personal training weirdly got me into podcasting. Uh, and there, and here we are. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Like, every, every, there's been a theme of all the guests that have been on so far of how you start off at one place and you don't know what you're doing, but you're like, that that's either fun or let's try it or let's figure it out. Yeah. And then you wake up one day and you're like, wait a second, I've taken 18 lefts. Right. I, I don't remember choosing to, yeah. you know, sometimes you do choose. I mean, I'm going right, not left this time. But often it just evolves into how you end up here. Yeah. So, how have you made the choices that have moved your career path along? Like, have you followed fun, logic, intuition? Yeah. Well, I got two answers for you. Sure. One is a, a genuine interest of like, mm-hmm. oh, that seems interesting. I really like that. I like mm-hmm. the people that do it. That seems great. But then, Kara, this is the part I'm not real proud of, is that it got hard. And mm-hmm. the other thing I was doing, okay, the competition got stiff. And I bet there's not competition over in this other thing. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, there's competition everywhere. Yeah. It is not easy anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, those are kind of the the two things. Interest, but then also, I wonder if it's easier over here. Yep. And it's not. And. Yep. And now that you know it's not, yes, is that are you starting to look at other pathways of like, ooh, can I do this? Can I like, do you keep expanding your interests or what you might want to dabble in? Yeah, certainly. You know what's uh, what's funny is that even though I kept saying no because it was harder, once I finally landed in podcasting, I'm like, oh, I love this the best. This yeah. is this is really great. But you, I don't know if you've seen iTunes. There's a few of them out there, uh, so the competition is stiff. Yeah, and I think this is the point with which I would be like, who am I to mm-hmm. try to start? my own thing? What am I doing? Or to go to like a back burner element of it of like, oh, I'll just, I'll help somebody else produce their podcast. Yeah. Uh, but so far it seems to keep uh, sticking with like, no, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep trying and keep pushing so that, so that I can be in the game Yeah, with it. Yeah. No, it's a fun game. It is. Like, yeah. I've been wanting to start the Powerful Leads podcast for years now and either it hasn't worked out because of my schedule or having a full-time job and 
not knowing how to start. Like there's, it's an easy thing to get into, but when you're on the outside, it looks like it's this magical, mystical thing. Right. And so it's just been so nice that it's been working out the way it has now. And we've been talking a lot about universe breadcrumbs and like how if you just declare what you're going to do and you lean into it, things start to work a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But podcasting for me has always been driven by telling other people's stories. Yeah. Because there's, we have so many stories about, everyone knows about celebrities and athletes and you get inspiration from people who are big. Right. And like millions of people know who they are. Right. But for me, it's like, well, what about my mom or my best friend? Like they're some of the most inspiring people I know. I want more people to know about them because- why, why shouldn't you? That's amazing. And so many people, I think, between, you know, your mom and Beyonce, yeah. of, like the powerful ladies spectrum of people who know who they are. Right. Like there's so many people in between who wake up every day and keep doing it and keep hustling and keep figuring out. Yeah. And keep going between like, I don't know what I'm doing to today. I feel awesome. And that's the reality of really being a powerful lady. <laughs> right. And I think certainly the camaraderie of I am very available to think I'm the only one. There's something so wrong with me. I keep procrastinating. I'm so worried about what other people think. Uh, and then to get a hold of a podcast of people, everybody saying the same thing. You're like, oh, I'm in good company. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I see now. And it makes it easier to keep pushing along or at least not feel like, so what is wrong with me when you can hear stories like that? Well, I think the podcasting industry has also been, it's a space where people are okay to be vulnerable and tell the authentic story. Yes. Like partly, like there is no face sometimes, like it's just your voice. And because it's it's a startup for everybody. Right. Until some of the, you know, big groups that are coming out now, but like it's okay to tell the whole journey because that's what's real. Yeah. And that's what's been happening. Completely. Yes. So I think it's really refreshing in the fact that there aren't a lot of barriers to entry and that there's always more stories to tell and there's always things to talk about. And it's like, I'm so thankful that there are people having conversations today that are outside of the typical information news sharing streams. Yes. Where it feels more real. Yeah. And people like you who are starting it, who can facilitate, uh, I feel occasionally you can get a hold of a host who's like, yeah, but we're just going to talk about me. Sure, sure, sure. You're here, but we're going to talk about me. And you're so great about like, no, let's hear your story. So yeah. I think more podcasters like that is also helping a lot. Yeah. like I I would not feel empowered to do this if I hadn't heard other people kind of going through sure. it too. Yeah. Great so, work. <laughs> so what made you want to start your podcast? Oh, yeah, I didn't. Oh, I wanted to stay <laughs> as far away as possible from it. Um, I So it was still personal training. Mm-hmm. And um, I think occasionally, so I was working at a gym, but then you can make some additional money just picking up uh, mm-hmm. clients. So I put a thing on social media just being like, hey, if you guys know anybody who wants to run a race, let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a podcaster whose name is Travis McElroy, who mm-hmm. is very successful in certain, there's pockets of podcasting, but in his little pocket, as big as you can get. So very lovely reached out and he was just like, hey, would you want to barter? You can teach me how to run a 5K and I'll teach you how to podcast. And I was like, oh, oh no, thank you. Oh no, absolutely not. Because this was 2015. Yeah. And at that point, it's crazy how fast this industry oh, yeah. has grown. But at that point, podcasts were for straight white guys who thought they were funny. And mm-hmm. I was like, we've got enough of those. I think we're fine. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, no, I, I think you really might like it and you would be interested. So all you have to do is think of a topic. Uh, So I went hiking with my buddy Allegra Mm -hmm. to think of uh, topics, uh, and I kept interrupting myself to pet dogs, uh, and we just couldn't get any other ideas. And at the very end of the hike, I was like, 
wait, should we do a podcast about dongs? Uh, and Allegra was like, no, nobody's going to listen to that. That's a terrible idea. But I still, for some reason, ran it by Travis. And he, who has experience and knows how important a niche yeah. podcast is, was like, yeah, that'll work. So we recorded our uh, our very first episode. And I think, because Travis was on the show, mm-hmm. so to have kind of like <laughs> have training wheels on your yeah. first podcast makes all the difference in the world. Plus, our first guest was Lin-Manuel Miranda oh, because yeah. Travis is good friends with him. So I think the combination of truly being passionate, uh, Jordan's here, she just threw her hands I up in the air. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> I nuts? knew none of this. Isn't that crazy? Also, side note, Travis McElroy, has, he's part of My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yes. Um, which I know because I, I listened even before mm-hmm. I started working in podcasting. But Renee, please continue. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Jordan played it very cool when I told her. Uh, who and she's like, oh, sure, yes, no, I've heard of them i've simply listened to every episode no big deal (laughs) so but he's great they have a really good show so travis and his two brothers Mm -hmm. obviously my brother my brother and me and they just they i don't know i think they've cornered the market on just like chatting Mm -hmm. just chatting without any sort of airs on top of it Uh, but they're also quick and funny it's great Uh, but i didn't know travis in that aspect i didn't listen to his podcast i just knew him as a a pal yeah um so so yeah so we're at the point where we're gonna do uh dogs is the topic Mm -hmm. um and i had listened to so many podcasts at that point that you just kind of have a vibe of like how it should go or not even how it should go but like boy did i do a good mimic of other podcasters so i don't know if i necessarily had the skill right away but i was just like i'll just say the same things they say and tighten a story like they tighten it and it should work plus travis was also super helpful and like here's for you guys uh let's get you segments Mm -hmm. so it's not one rambly thing yeah and then then obviously the guest uh i was at that point lynn wasn't who lynn is he uh hamilton was still off broadway right so it hadn't even hit hit but because of a musical theater nerd i knew him from in the Heights. Uh, I cried before the interview, a little bit during it, and a lot afterwards. Uh, and then to this day, I can't bring myself to listen to it because I guarantee it's just me tripping over my words and bumbling and asking stupid questions like, do you know what a dog is? Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of, oh God. Um, but the plan was for us to just, just make a podcast. But mm-hmm. I, Travis, for some reason, was like, now I'm going to turn this into the network. Uh, and this, you know how sometimes you just get touched with magic? Yeah. Like, just luck. Just insane luck happens. Yes. So they picked us up. So my very first podcast that I've ever done, very first episode, they were like, yeah, and then you'll just go straight to network, which never happens. But I think all those things kind of fell in line to, yep. to make it work. And then we got super lucky because it's dogs. I would love to put myself uh, like, yeah, it's me. It's the dogs. Uh, But we got uh, picked up by a lot of like magazines and just things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. So that helped a lot. And that just kind of helped us uh, uh, grow to a thing that is very niche, but now a thing. Yes, Jordan. Oh, no, no, no. Time out. (laughs) Can you tell Kara specifically which magazine gave you an award? Sure. So uh, we're O-O-O Oprah. Uh, has a, I think the award was something like uh, just podcasts that make you happy. Yeah. So we got awarded that, which was uh, insane for her magazine. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a podcast called Pop Culture Happy Hour, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty big NPR show. Yeah. Uh, and they named us things that make you happy. And none of it was just like, these girls are cutting edge with a lot of intelligent things to say. <laughs> but just like the happiness yeah. was was something that, that helped us out a lot. When you get an award for a podcast from 
Oprah's magazine. Yes. Do you get a plaque? Does someone come and deliver balloons? Like what happens when you <laughs> exactly. get those Oprah awards? storms in, you get an award, you yes. get an award. Exactly. <laughs> no, you would just uh, get a little blurb in the print magazine. Mm. Uh, and I don't think, and hear me out, mm. that Oprah maybe knew about it. I feel like at this point, she's got her people who yeah. can kind of coordinate it. But the fact that her people picked us, we're still going to take as a I'm going to give you belt. full credit for Oprah picking you. I'm going to give you full Thank credit you. for her team picking you. Thank you. I'm going to give you full credit for the universe being like, we need more happiness in the world. You win. Great. Thank you. Done. I love your take on this. Great. No, but really, I mean, that's who doesn't like animals and who doesn't like dogs? Yeah. And and I know there are people that don't like dogs. Sure. And if you don't like a dog, then you I think you fall into two categories. Right. People who don't like dogs because they prefer another animal. Great. Like you love cats. Right. Um, but usually they don't, like, hate dogs. Yeah. And then if you don't like dogs and then you also hate children, then you're the people that I'm like, I don't think we can be friends. Yeah. Exactly. I just don't understand your world. And yes. that's okay. Yes. Um, though I am in the not necessarily nuts about kids category. So we've all we've all got our thing. But you don't hate dogs I, and children? Like, <laughs> there's something about the magical combo. Oh, of, yeah, like, sure. I hate cute things. Right. No matter what breed they are. Right. Yeah. I think those yeah. are serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Possibly. Maybe. Or just, yeah, just a little bit selfish, a little focused. Well, I don't even know if it's selfish. They just they just have a different life than yeah. we have. Because you don't need to, you don't need to, you can not like dogs and not like kids and be a perfectly normal, functioning, happy human that I would like to spend time with. Right. It's like when you're like, ugh. Yeah. That's when I'm like, wait, what? Right. Do you also... Like, tell everyone about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what is, what's your killjoy game over mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're using your power in the wrong way. <laughs> so yeah. true. It's so true. Um, but yeah, it's, you're right that uh, that I think just people who like dogs have it. And then I weirdly started this dog podcast without a dog. Uh, so I was I made up a word called a dog wanter. That's yes. not a word. Wanter is not a word, but for some reason that title worked. And then you can represent the people who are responsible enough to have a dog and the people who love them but don't quite have the uh, the means with which to have one. I mean, that's like, it's almost like um, people like dating or married. Yeah. Right? You're like, I'm desperately seeking a puppy. Yes. Yeah. And I have one. Yes. And this is what the reality is actually like. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it did kind of provide a nice juxtaposition of. Uh, having and not having and and then Travis stayed with us for a year and a year I think about a year uh, and then he moved uh, so we ended up getting a new producer in there but mm-hmm. yeah it made all the difference in the world to have this veteran uh, on mm-hmm. our side and on mic for that first year amazing yeah. so how many years has your podcast been around it is going to be for the summer because we started summer of 2015 congratulations thank you we're also shocked that you can talk about dogs for that long it's mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. but uh, yeah i think it's just uh because it's we talk about dogs we met this week and dogs in the news and for what i just when it's something new or something new my dog did mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i think we all still passionately care about this right uh and for some reason they do are you guys um doing a special podcast in um memoriam of the cutest dog on the planet that just passed? Sure. No, here's, uh, we're bummer free. Oh. So yes, we should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we have guests on, because uh, that is that is the tough part of like, mm-hmm. dogs don't last as long as we do. But we mm-hmm. try to just briefly touch over of just yeah. like, and, this is, and then I got another dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, for the most part, occasionally we'll tap into it. But for the most part, yeah. um, I think think we really are just an escape for people. Yeah. So you'll go and you'll listen to your Pod Save America and your political stuff. And then yes. it is just campy. 
uh, when you come to us. So we try not to be like, and then this dead dog. Uh, so just, <laughs> they're like, wait, this is my happy place. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. They all go to heaven. I promise. Right. Right. So. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the dog park of the world. Right? Yeah. It's yes. just all, they're all up there. Everyone likes each other. Yeah. Once, finally. It's perfect. Exactly. So how far into your podcast did you get a dog yourself? Great question. Okay. So we started in summer 2015 and then I have a dog. His name is Tugboat. He's adorable. Uh, thank you. They, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got to meet him. Yes. Um so, yes, yeah, so do we, we're all clear. Jordan, your sister, is my roommate. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how I know you. Everybody's clear on how well, I, I got am. here. Okay. I'm your roommate? What? <laughs> How'd yeah. I get in here? No, I did not. I did not address that. Yeah. Um, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you should come to my house regardless. When she's out of here, still come over. Um, Perfect. So. This is my plot. I'm just going to slowly <laughs> inch Jordan out of this. And yeah. <laughs> what? I, what? Hold on. What? Listen, I did not sign off on this you at all. You both turn on me? <laughs> Uh, Shh, no yeah. talking. Yeah, sh- 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 keep. It sounds great, Jordan. Good work. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I got tugboat August of 2017. So it was two years of being a dog wanter, uh, mm-hmm. and then I got mine uh, a year and a half ago. And how has that been for you? Oh boy, uh, love of my life, best yeah. thing that ever happened to me. So he is a pit bull mixed with something fluffy. So mm-hmm. he looks like a pit bull, but he's got uh, fluffy ears and fluffy elbows and a fluffy tail. He's the softest dog I've ever pet on it's record, a- and I thought my dog was. Right. So this is a whole new level of yeah. How did you make a stuffed animal become a real thing? Exactly. Like, what are, does he get up in the middle of the night and use a palmade? What happens? Because mm-hmm. it's so so good. Yeah. Um, so what I was surprised about is that I knew that I was going to get a dog that year, uh, but I wanted to just gently start looking, just mm-hmm. to sort of peruse. But that's not how it works. As soon as you start looking at pictures, you're like, well, he's mine. That's simply how that's going to go. So at the time, this app doesn't exist anymore, but it was so great. It was an app called All Dogs, and they use the exact same algorithm and format as dating apps. Yes. So you could just swipe through yes or no on, I mean, who's going to swipe no on a dog? But you could set your your little parameters of what Mm -hmm. you wanted. And so I I sent him and then Tugboat's picture came up and I was just like, oh, oh oh, no. And then I uh, I went to read his description and it was like, he's never met a person he doesn't love. He will sail into your arms. He'll cover you with kisses. He's sweet, 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 sweet. Uh, And I was like, all right, okay. So I went to go meet him. And at the time I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well, this is divine because I walked in uh, and he like sailed into my arms, like running jump, uh, Mm -hmm. sailed in my arms. And we sat down and he sat in my lap. Exactly. And he let me pet him. So we sit in my lap out of the first 60 seconds. Then we took him on a walk. Uh, In hindsight, there was no squirrels on this walk. Oh, I didn't think of that at the time. Uh, And then at the very end, I like knelt down, had this cute, you know, hallmark moment. I'm like, hey, buddy, you my dog. And he licked my nose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, here you go. Now I know he does that to everybody. Oh, Anybody no. who comes in the house, he will sail into their arms. He will look anybody just knows. But at the but time, I was just like, man, well, I'm so special. Yeah. Right. No, he totally, he was listening to you. Right. He answered. Right. I, I'm totally sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so I got him home and the, the very first, they told me that he was a jumper. Like he yeah. jumped up a lot. Uh, and so I read that when he jumps, you just got to turn your back to him and then that's how they'll go down. So I took him on my very first walk in the morning. He jumped up and he kind of held on to my waist and I was like, I read a book. I know how to handle this. <laughs> so I turned around uh, and then he maintained his hold. Mm-hmm. So now uh, he's just got his paws on me. And uh, then I was like, I don't, You're he's like, not getting in like down. a conga line all of a sudden? Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> so at six o'clock in the morning, my neighborhood is having to watch me like, my dog that I don't know how to walk. So we're just like, his hind legs he was walking and it was it was just 
so like aggressively holding. I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, turns out like at the time he was just kind of stressed anxiety of like, mm-hmm. don't go anywhere. So now I know that if he like looks back and starts to jump, you just have to kneel down and be like, I got you, buddy. We're yeah. together. Mm-hmm. We're okay. So if you just spend like 30 seconds with him, we're fine. But yeah. I was just like, nah, I'm just going to turn my back to you and hope this <laughs> works out. Uh, so that was crazy. And then he was 10 months old. So, oh, oh, everything was mm-hmm. uh, chewed up, uh, uh, particularly a MacBook cord, which is uh, 80 bucks a pop. He's always right. fast. He's good. Uh, and then he's he's real big on hopping on things. So yeah. he was on the table. He was on the counter. He was all over the place. So it was just a, a lot. He made your apartment a parkour park. Precisely. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Uh, and then added to the mix, I had a roommate at the time mm-hmm. who was the exact opposite of Jordan, uh, who initially that in that year, I was like, hey, I'm going to get a dog this year. I know you don't love dogs. So what do you say? Mm-hmm. We we go ahead and we here's six months notice. We'll part ways. Yeah. Uh, we're good to go. So we started to look for an apartment, but it's expensive in LA. And so I think we both made a mistake in that I also was having to come to terms with, oh, I'm going to have to pay rent all by myself. Mm -hmm. He couldn't find a place to live. And so we both were just like, I bet we can muscle through this. Yeah, You can't. He Mm -hmm. doesn't love dogs. So... That, that was also challenging to like, whenever he was home, Tugboat had to be in the room, but he's still a puppy and the barking. And oh, yeah. So it was it was really, really challenging initially um, to the point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. But because I have a podcast, there was no turning him back or. Right. Um, yeah. And I would like fantasize. I'm like, OK, what if, if I send him to a plate in a farm and then it, like trying to come up with like these scenarios that would work but nothing uh made sense and then uh just because of the podcast i kept him mm-hmm. and he's now the love of my life he is the sweetest yeah. dog he's so great i don't i don't know how i ever lived without him he's the best no that's how i mean that's how i feel about my dog i mean mine's yeah. 15 and we had a similar moment where i looked at him and i'm like are we really doing this yeah are you mine yeah and he looks at me like mm-hmm. yeah i think we're gonna do it you're gonna need me so let's go <laughs> And it's really been that way, but like he's one of those, there's some dogs that are like very much a dog, right? right. And they bound around and they're they're more of an animal than a human. And there's right. other dogs that you're like, no, like you're thinking and communicating to me right now. Mm-hmm. You are more developed than a toddler. Mm-hmm. You can't just be a dog. Like something's going on here. Yep. You were reincarnated. I'm like, grandpa? Like who, <laughs> yeah, who, yeah. who's in there? Yeah. And like, sure, and like, and Bannon has been that way the whole time I've had him. Like, right. we were in Germany, and I'm like, all right, should we move to California? What's going on? And he looked at me like, I'm like, okay, we're going to play the game, mm-hmm. or I'm going to ask you questions, yes. and if your, your silence will be a no, <laughs> if you bark, it's a yes. Oh, my God. All right, Amazing. we're playing this game. Yeah. And this is just an example of me not wanting to make my own choice. Of but, course, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, Bannon, should we stay here mm-hmm. and like keep the job I have? Should we move to California? Uh-oh. Okay, thank you. Great. Yes. Really, that's a great story. That's mm-hmm. amazing. He really did that? Yes. Whoa. I mean, he answered. I mean, he talks a lot anyway. Sure. Like, he's very communicative. But he like, stayed quiet on the should it we stay here part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like, you come home and he has an entire conversation of, like, this is what happened today. This was going on. And did you know? And, oh, I've been very bored. Where oh, have you been? I love like, him. It just goes. Yeah. And what kind of dog is he? He's a schnoodle. Schnauzer poodle oh, mix. Come on. Okay. So, yeah. he's just, like, this really adorable he usually has a mohawk. Yeah. Like. That thing that dogs do when they talk, and Jordan can testify, uh, Tugboat will just, because he's a teenager at this point, and mm-hmm. he will just talk back to us. Like, no, oh, like, yeah. can I furthermore, and you didn't give me a skateboard for Christmas. It's yeah. just like the dog, but it's, oh, um, yeah. he'll say it like he's kind of telling you all the little bit. We're just like, buddy, you're fine. Oh, Bannon does it too. Yeah. 
I know his tone is like, uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Like I get the, I, he's like <laughs> wagging his finger at me when he's talking yeah. versus like, oh, I love you. I'm so excited to see you. Like they're different conversations. Right. Yeah. The most direct he's ever been to me is, um, I think he was probably like six at this point or seven. Okay. Um, and it was right before I was moving with him to Germany. And I was living at my parents' house because I had like a month of like getting rid of my apartment and then moving to Europe. So I'm at their house in the interim. I'm talking to my dad. We're having a conversation. He's like barking at me like, I want to go out. And I'm like, hold on. Right. And he this went on for like, I wasn't making him wait for hours. It was like a matter of minutes. He yeah. barked again. I'm like, hold on. And I was still talking and he got so pissed. He just walked up and peed on my leg <gasps> and then looked at me and walked away. And I was like, oh, oh my God, you want to play that yeah. game? Yeah. Okay. He, <laughs> yeah. I was like, huh. And yeah. my dad looked at me like, he just peed on you. Yeah. Like he could have peed by the door or anywhere. Like, and if he was that desperate, but no, he wanted to make a point. He right. came over and peed on you. That's I'm like, yeah, he can be a dick. Now, and, I don't like that you got peed on, but I do like his chutzpah. I oh, think, yeah. He has plenty of chutzpah. <laughs> like, that is not lacking. At That's all. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sometimes you're just so impressed with them. Like, yes. they've done something wrong, but it's they're so cute or like deliberate yeah. about it. You're like, well, let me laugh first and then yeah. we'll talk about discipline. Yeah. He has trained our landlord who lives in the, like, we have three units on our property. Mm-hmm. He has trained our landlord to give him a treat every time he goes to his door. So <laughs> Jordan he, was he telling me about He just goes there and barks. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. The only dog, not the only dog, but not many other dogs to, would have the chutzpah yeah. to start training the entire neighborhood to yeah. be on their command. It's so great. We use WAG a lot, which mm-hmm. is, that also will save your life. Um, I think your listeners will know WAG is an app uh, that with a, Press of a button, you can get a dog walker to come help you out. So you'll have a lockbox so on good. your door. They are all certified. They're all, uh, you know, checked out. Mm-hmm. And they can come walk your dog. So we have uh, wag walkers come in periodically. And I got a report last week, and I think Jordan heard about it too, of a walker who's like, so we were walking. We have a pet store that's very close to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, and I tried to go the opposite way, and he wouldn't. I was not strong enough. Uh, and he walked her to the pet store. <laughs> to just like right at the front door and was just like, yeah, this is where we go. Buddy, I know. Uh-huh. Exactly. And then they, he always gets a treat there. So mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yes. There's a great book out. Um, can you Google this actually? I think it's the, the Inside the Mind of a Dog. Ooh. It's the first book. Um, it's actually written by a woman. So okay. we should both have yes, her on, the, on our exactly. equal podcast. Uh, and she was the first person to study dogs the way anthropologists study other animals. Right. That we don't apply all the humanistic family relations to. Oh, cool. So like the way you would study an ape, she started studying dogs. And it's one of the first comprehensive studies of like really how they operate and what they do. Right. And one of the biggest takeaways for me was that dogs know or have studied humans more than humans have studied themselves. So they know when we're leaving. They know what our routines are. They know everything. So Wow. Yeah, that's it. So it's called Inside of a Dog, What Dogs See, Smell, and Know by Alexandra Horowitz. Huh. It's so good. That's, yeah, I will 100% guess. Uh, because he is so cute. There mm-hmm. is, like, he knows, uh, sit and lay down and shake your hand and roll over. But beyond mm-hmm. that, there is no training, and he is 100% in charge of the entire household. Yeah. So uh, I should address that at some point. <laughs> No, but like he knows you. He knows your patterns. He knows your moods. Right. Like it's that's why like dogs do come over to you when they know you're sad. Yeah. Or if you're sick, they act differently. Yeah. Like if I'm truly ill and Bandit will not be as aggressive about wanting to go out. Look like at that. There's just like they they know 
they know you. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the the amount of pouting that happens forty five minutes before I'm about to leave is remarkable. I'm just like, yeah. how do you know that? Oh, because yeah. I brush my teeth. All right, you're right. I only do that when I leave the house. Yeah. Okay, that's. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I guess that is a telltale sign. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so as you are going through all of your amazing careers you've had so far. Um, have there been um, women along the way that have really made an impact in giving you confidence to pursue that path and like just people who become mentors for you along the way? Oh gosh, that's such a good, yes, of course. Um, Let's see, who was my mentor in theme? There was, so when I first, first started out uh, Mm -hmm. in theme parks, uh, I was a a tour guide for Universal Studios, which is the person who stays on the tram and points out where Jaws is and Earthquake and all that stuff. Uh And I was so uh, by the book. So they give you a, a full script that's 45 minutes. Um, and I was uh, at a very type A in my earlier years, just everything that had to be precisely memorized. And that was great. And I was early and it was highlighted and we're going to do this perfect. And one of my trainers was so good. First off, her tour was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But she was so good of like pulling me aside. She's like, yes, this is great. I don't want to see this. I want to see your personality. Mm-hmm. And she was just, she was so lovely about it and good. And she was so powerful that I was just like, yeah, I want to be like <laughs> Donna. Donna is the coolest. Um, so I think, yeah, only like by example, she was doing a great job. And then, yeah. uh, you know, to do a little pull aside and explain mm-hmm. by the letter isn't always the best way. Yeah. Or if it is, then let's also allow some adjustments so that it, so that's fun for you and fun for the guests. So I would say Donna in theme parks. But by the time I did shows, trying to think. I mean, there's always been so many great ladies. There, yeah. Uh, so then I graduated to hosting the Animal Actor Show. Uh, and there were so many amazing female dog trainers who mm-hmm. were just incredible. And at that point, they don't use them anymore, but they had chimpanzees, uh, which are dangerous. <laughs> they were, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they're a lot. Um that the, these women would just like completely command it. And it would be sort of a occasionally scary scenario because when they get mad, you don't have a lot of time to like think because it's going to get bad real fast. But they mm-hmm. were so brave and they knew exactly how to handle it and they jumped into action. And I, I just, yeah, I think the bravery there. I don't know that I copied them. I hid. So uh, <laughs> I didn't really, uh, you know, follow suit or, but I was inspired by how yeah. brave they were. Um, and then, yeah, Broadway, uh, so many Broadway stars that are mm-hmm. um, incredible. Uh, Stephanie J. Block is amazing. Um, she was, I guess she was my only friend that I knew personally. Yeah. But she's just, she's incredible. And the biggest thing with her is that it's hard to get parts and it's hard to uh, demand things when mm-hmm. it's such a competitive market. But she would she would demand things for her and she would demand things for the rest of the cast. She would demand stuff for the audience just to like she was so committed to making it the best show. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, great. Um, let's see. And then training. Yes. So the first gym I worked for out here was it was all ladies gym. Um, and our uh, the owner of the gym was Holly. And she was just she was such a badass athlete. She mm-hmm. was so like uh CrossFit was what we were doing. Yeah. And so she can do this uh, this move called a muscle up. So oh it is God. from hanging from a bar, you yes. do a pull up and then you <laughs> reverse it and you push yourself all the way up to where oh, yeah. your arms are straight on the bar. It is so much strength is required. That's she- the move you need to do if you're a spy and you need to get yourself <laughs> yes. onto a roof. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's the exact That's one. on my list of like, how do I get that warrior skill? Right, right, right. How do I move it? Uh, and then she could also do it on rings. She was just, she was incredible and super competitive. Uh, in the world, but then would also like take the time with people who couldn't do anything and mm-hmm. treat it like, yeah, of course you don't know this. 
So I liked the patience of that. And then what I learned from her, because as a trainer, I was real big on like, listen, man, we're all doing our best. Do we need results? I mean, do we? <laughs> so I, think, uh, I was a little too lenient. I was good uh -huh. with the self-love, but I wasn't yeah. great at getting results. And she just had this perfect balance between like, uh, let's be gentle, but then let's really push you. Mm -hmm. um, and then podcasting got uh, so many who do, 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 do women in podcasting. Get, isn't that funny when you have so many people that you look up to? You're oh, just for like, sure. well, who who specifically? But um, I would say probably Karen Kilgariff. I was straying mm -hmm. from that because I didn't. It's not my favorite murder, which yeah. I do not listen to. Uh, she does. Do you need a ride mm -hmm. uh, with Chris Fairbanks? And that's just a show about them driving around, and her ability to give him the spotlight, but then also get just as many jokes in as she does is remarkable. So I would yeah. say Karen was my uh, podcasting guru. Awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of answers. No, that was and great. You sat through it like a champ. No, that's, I'm just like here, like fascinated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, then, all right. And then who else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's perfect. Um, as you've gone through your journey up to this point, um, how have you dealt with like days when you're like, "This is awful. I'm awful. This will never work." And days when you're like, "Yes, we're doing it. This is awesome." Yeah. Like, what has that flow been like for you? And how do you? Where's your ideal state to be in that swing of things? Right. Uh, so I, I can be very, um, I guess, uh, vulnerable to the, this is awful and I can't do it because mm -hmm. I think it means something. There, uh, There's a book called Mindset, which I'm sure you've read, about mm -hmm. the, um, the two basically mindsets that we have. You can either have a growth mindset or you can have a fixed mindset. So mm -hmm. the fixed mindset is uh, these are the talents we've been given and that's just where it is. Mm -hmm. The growth mindset is like you have to fail so much. And anybody who you look up to failed a lot yeah. to get there. Uh, and I didn't care for that book because boy, did it reveal that I have the fixed mindset. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I did bad today. I guess it's over. So that I'm working through it, but I haven't mastered it. Yeah. I, uh, I've mastered how bad the pendulum swings because it used to be like, oh, I'm changing careers completely. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, well, maybe I need to move within yep. this, this industry. <laughs> um, so yeah, so those are the bad days are uh, being convinced that I shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the super good days are <laughs> equally uh, ridiculous. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'm at the top. <laughs> the best there is. And I'm kind of available to believe that I'm I'm as good as it gets on those days. And then the next day I'll knock me knock me back down. Yeah, I'm just, you're just waiting for the the Oscars to add podcasting. Right, right, right? Exactly. Like, I got this. Yeah. I totally got this. It, yeah, more so though, I will, uh, I'll listen to somebody who's who's truly, truly great and mm -hmm. then my brain will do this weird thing where I'm like, well, I'm just as good as them. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> well, sure. I, I do agree that everybody's worthy of the same thing, mm -hmm. um, but I occasionally can get a little too uh, big for my britches as <laughs> far as like, yeah, I can do that. Well, I, I think there's like that really magical balance of knowing that like anyone can have any of it, right? Yes. Like we're all equals and that we all have the same, truly have the same innate abilities to get what we want out of life. Right. And then there's that magical combination, right, of working your ass off mm -hmm. and doing it even though it's scary and you keep doing it and then you keep pushing yourself. Like you, I think that's where the universe meets you halfway part, right? Like you're like, okay, I'm going to work my ass off and it's going to suck. It's like studying for an exam. Yeah. How, how much saying yes to everything that's going to suck but still gets you there. And then it looks so easy on the other side where you're right. like, you must have been born with this. Yeah. 
yeah. don't have this gift. And you're <laughs> right. like, what? There is no gift. There's like, no gift. Exactly. No. They just worked really hard. It's like getting a six pack. You're like, you must be born with it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'll yeah. never have that. A hundred percent. And some people do have a, a bit of an edge. Like yes. maybe you just have, you know, uh, more muscles. Nobody has more muscles, but like a more tendency. Mass. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, okay. But for the most part, everybody can get wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. If they can just keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the muscle mass, there's an amazing book called The Sports Gene. I don't mm. know if you've heard it. It's actually a really good audio book, too. Oh, cool. But they're talking all about um, that genetically people are different mm-hmm. and how, um, like, where, why do sprinters all come from the same place? Why do right. long-distance runners? Like, what's the difference between people who work their ass off and right. train 24-7 versus someone who can just show up and do it? Yeah. And how does that work? It's a fascinating book. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Because there's an element of, like, you, like, I suddenly became curious with, like, oh, well, what are, what's my genetic athleticism? Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> Jordan yeah. found it. She's got it. It's Here's the, the book. Sports Gene by David Epstein. Oh, great. Okay. Um, I think he is also the guy that does the science of sport that ESPN does Oh, cool. Okay. But, um, but it left me wanting to know, like, what was my sport yeah. genetic profile? Because I've been, like, an athlete. I was an athlete more than I am right now, but I've always been one. Right. And um, it also left me like really curious because I am have an addiction to anthropology and cultures and like cool how things just are the way they are, whether you want them to be that way or not. Right, right. Um, and so it opened all that stuff up to now. I every time I see an athlete, I'm like, works hard or genetic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you like, get here? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. Completely, exactly. completely. Yes, uh, I agree. Uh, but I think to our point uh, before that is like you can get there. Mm-hmm. Will you have to work a lot harder than some people? Maybe. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't get there. So. No, of course not. And and just like you said with your podcast, there's you said yes. It mm-hmm. seemed ridiculous. You're like, okay. And then all this stuff showed up. You're like, wait a second. Yeah. How no. can I just say yes? And like, I just have this happen. Right. And sometimes that's the way it works too. Yep, exactly. And sometimes you say yes and you put in all the work and it doesn't work out. But yeah. I think in the big scheme of things, it does balance mm-hmm. out pretty well. We did a, a manifesting class a couple of weeks ago that Powerful Ladies hosted, and we partnered with the woman who um, has a doTERRA business. Cool. So we did, like, I did the manifesting course, and she did the oils part. And part of the manifesting uh, course was a worksheet of uh, two columns, and it just says love or lesson. Cool. And it's a reflection for the past year so that there is nothing bad. Mm-hmm. Everything's either a love or lesson. I love that. And it's interesting to see how people categorize things and like what list was getting bigger or longer for other people. Yeah. Because the secret to this whole worksheet is mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, they might all be the same column. Look at that. It just doesn't feel that way in the moment because you're like, this isn't what love should feel like. Right. And you're like, hold on. Sometimes love tells you like, this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Sometimes love is, I'm sorry, but you have to go on the treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not always like, it's not always like, you're amazing. Keep going. Right. Sometimes it's the hard conversations that actually are totally. the biggest love. Completely. Uh, I think uh, anecdotally, when I was in New York, I was in a relationship and a really bad breakup sent me back to LA. Mm-hmm. So eight years ago, I would have been like, bad, bad, bad lesson. It was a lesson. Uh, and now, thank God, that was mm-hmm. the best thing that could have possibly happened to me to uh, to get me back here so I could do what I love to do. 
Are you from LA originally? Not originally. I'm originally from Colorado Springs. Nice. Have you Beautiful. been? Yes. Okay. I used yep. to li- we uh, lived outside of Denver as yes. a family. Right. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado Springs, a bit conservative. We're yeah. a little bit conservative as a city, so that's my note for it. Yeah. Uh, but Air as far Force, as, right? Yeah. Air so Force. lots of military, lots of... Yeah. Right. Focus on the family. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of religion. Uh, and so, so that... <laughs> but but, uh, but the beauty is that we've got Pikes Peak and Garden of the Gods and yes. Seven Falls and it's just kissing camels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly uh, so just really really pretty and it's so nice to go back to mm-hmm. that uh, and my entire family is still there my mom and my dad and my brother so it's nice that it's a one stop shop for yeah. the holidays that is so nice yeah that's what I wish um, like so uh, my family our family Jordan's my sister um, <laughs> she, like we've moved so much that we don't have a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for social media because I would not be in touch with half the people that I've ever interacted with in my life if right. it didn't exist. So I value it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but it also makes like choosing your life path a bit trickier because you're like, well, it doesn't matter where I choose because can't rely on them to stay there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like we don't have like the home base feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, uh, I can imagine that. That does make since we have a super small family and my brother uh, went to school out in San Diego so part mm-hmm. of me was just like get out here let's move them all out here uh, yeah. but he ended up going back so mm-hmm. um, so yeah I bet there's good and bad things that I'm oh. always having to go to Colorado Springs but if you have a family that moves you get to see different places for sure I we've uh, had a great life it's been I'm really happy that yeah. we moved a lot as yeah. uh, kids um, when I we first moved to Colorado, I was it was my freshman year of college. Okay. And when we moved out, my um, best friend from college and I went and helped in the move. We oh, like cool. drove one of the cars and followed the family out, helped them get set up. It was our spring break, so super glamorous wow. spring break. Yeah, you guys, you win all the awards for that. Don't be jealous. Girls gone wild, <laughs> moving the family. Yeah. Oh, um, please let there be a girls gone wild. There's just two ladies moving and kind of grumpy about it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sell great. It didn't do super well. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope. And um, but when we were there, I remember going out to dinner one night, and what I thought was someone my age walked in, right. and then like four kids followed behind him, and then a wife, and I was like, okay, hold on, yeah. What is it about the high altitude and what Colorado is mm-hmm. that? That person looks like they should be maybe 20, mm-hmm. but they have four kids and they're married and they're super fit and probably 40 yeah. based on how old all their kids are, right. even if they started at 12. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like, yeah. And I just kept seeing that show up for me. Like, how, There's um, just how everyone would like to be outside. They seem to live a healthier lifestyle, mm-hmm. seem to be happier, seem to just have more of this balance. And I'm like, why? Like there's something special about Colorado that I think gives access to that for people. Yeah. Uh, and I find it mystifying. So I hope someday that someone does a study about it to, to back up my visual findings. Certainly, yeah. But no, you're you're right. We're all outside. I think some people have hypothesized that it's all the mountains, that that just is uh, metaphorically a foundation uh, that just mm-hmm. kind of grounds people and lets them prioritize. So, so there's not a lot of other options. Uh, you're yeah. like, well, do we want to go outside or— not go outside. <laughs> it's kind of the the uh, the things that you can do on a weekend. Uh-huh. So so that helps. A yeah. Bit. yeah. And that, that you're speaking outside into like outside into nature, right. not like we're locked in our house or not locked in our house. Precisely. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. I always forget that you guys lived in Colorado for a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it was a great time. Like that would have been a place where I would have been happy to make the family home base. Right. Because it was so beautiful, and I loved that you could have snow and weather but it wasn't as cold as boston is and yeah 
Like th- there was so much sunshine, which makes made a big difference. Mm-hmm. So I have some friends that are living in Boulder right now or just outside. Um, and I went there to go to um, OR, our oh, cool. outdoor retailer. And now I think it's called something else, the big trade show. Okay. And it's where everyone goes to see the new tech gear and a bunch of the apparel and footwear brands that I've worked with also showcased there. Yeah. And so I went last January and it was amazing because there's so many developments in people who are doing the tiny home and the all-in-one camper, like carrying your vans. And they're all this new gear. Mm -hmm. Like there are phone cases that protect your phone from freezing so you can go snowboarding and not like have your battery run out. That's awesome. And I'm like, this is so niche and so cool. Like I wish Mm -hmm. more general public went to check everything out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And you're right. It is, it is niche and there's a lot of stuff there like where, but Colorado would I use this, but Mm -hmm. it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what have been um, like defining moments in your life that have uh, let you see how powerful and capable you are? Ooh, good question. I, they're going to be small, but I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, this isn't the result of it. It's just the feeling of mm-hmm. it, the trusting your gut. So my seat now, granted, we just talked about how I'm from Colorado. So I'm going to say some big things and you're going to be like, but it was Colorado. <laughs> so uh, my senior year uh, in high school, they have a, um, a statewide thespian award. Mm-hmm. And uh, that in and of itself is dorky, but the amount of scholarship you get is, is significant. Mm-hmm. So... I was on the fence about doing it because I didn't think I was good enough. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if I should. And then the, there's this tiny little voice that popped up in my head. is like, when you see the girl that did win and you think you can do it, you're going to be mad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just that. That was it. That was all that it was. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I did it. I competed. There are so many, so many kids uh, that went. And and for some reason I won, so I was uh, yeah the the number one uh, theater person in Colorado, and all that scholarship money came with it, and so that was good in that I now granted it was Colorado, so that's important. But I think I was like, oh, I'm a you know I'm a little fish in a, a little pond, and so that's that's why I think I'm good at this. But once you add me to like the rest of the state, there's no way I can compete. So it was nice to be like, no, you can hold your own yeah. in a statewide competition, but mostly is to listen to that voice of mm-hmm. uh, just like, you're going to be mad. You're going to be mad. And it's weird yeah. that that would be the reason to get you to do something. But sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. Just that that consequence um, was real big. And that served a few other, I would say that was the same for podcasting mm-hmm. of uh, if somebody else does a dog podcast, you're going to be mad. You're going to mm-hmm. be mad. Uh, so it does. It just, it helps. I would, um, I guess defining maybe yeah no defining and a, a good life lesson that mm-hmm. keeps reoccurring for me of the you're gonna be mad if you don't because uh, there's been plenty of things that I didn't go for and I was mad yeah yeah no. well I think it speaks to like the, the level of like competitiveness that you have for yourself and what you're up to mm-hmm. and it shows up differently for everyone because I think I think everyone's innately competitive at something yes it just is the scale right right it's a scale of where you stand on it and the other part, too, is that they always say at the end of life, it's, what did you regret mm-hmm. that you didn't do? Yes. You're not mad about what you did. Ever. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. so when you're sitting there being like, should I do this or not do this? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember uh, one of my best friends from college, she had an amazing job for a while at ESPN. Right. As a producer or assistant producer. And she got invited by a bunch of... I think NFL players that were on the show to go to Jay-Z's club that was opening in New York, which I think was the 333 club. Okay, cool. I could be totally blowing the name of this, but it was years ago. (laughs) Okay. And 
she didn't want to go because she didn't feel comfortable going by herself and couldn't find a friend to go with her. And she's like, I'm not getting in a limo with a bunch of people I just met. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I remember she told all of us girlfriends and oh, the 4040 club. Sure. Yeah, number. yeah, exactly. Numbers. Ew, we knew it was something like that. It's yeah. close. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jay Z. <laughs> So now she, you're going to hear from him, the email you're about to get from Jay-Z. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it on. Yeah. He can be my my uh, ticket to getting Beyonce on the show. Exactly. Perfect. Uh, so she didn't go and she told all of us about it. And it was like the new hottest thing. And we were like, dude, what? Yeah. I'm like, if you get invited to the 4040 Club, yeah. this is a metaphor. But if you get invited yeah. you by go. professional athletes... You go. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying go and put your life in danger. Like, you find someone. Right. Like, you go through your book. Like, you could have called us. Like, at the time, I think I was in Boston. I was like, I would have taken the train down. Yeah. We could have gone. Yeah. But, like, you have to say yes to these ridiculous things that fall in your lap. Right. And, and again, this is a silly analogy. but No, but it's true because you're not going to remember the nights that you stayed home. Ever. No. You will never remember those. But the nights that you went out and did something, you will... Yeah. Whether it was good or a bad memory, it got something to say about the night. So yes. I think that's good. Well, yeah. And I think, too, like part of the, how Powerful Ladies started was when I was living in Germany. There was a group of us, five, that were British and American girls that just became super close. Oh, cool. And we called ourselves the Fancy Frows. Yeah. And um, whenever I'm downing myself or I'm doing something, I hear like the Fancy Frow voice and the 4040 Club voice be like, you should do it. Yep. Who's going to be mad at you if mm -hmm. you didn't do this? <laughs> and like, it's this. It's like, you're going to be mad or they're going to be mad. Yeah. And you're like, shit, okay, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, that's why I felt like silly things, like being on a, a t uh, I went on an Ireland trip by myself and I did this like bar hopping tour that they gave. So I was like, I cannot go another night, like having dinner by myself. Right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, there's a mechanical bull. I'm like, that's dumb. And then I was like, that is not being a fancy frow. Like, just go and do it. Like, go do it and own it. Yeah. And that's what we did, right? And it was fine. Great. It's fine. Right. Mechanical bowls are fun. Right. It's like, why are we saying too cool or no? Like, right. Just stop. Just go. Just have a good time. Yes. I uh, Now, granted, this isn't a life-changing. Well, I guess it's sort of life-changing. Uh, Jordan is thinking about getting a dog. Yes. Uh, and so this was a groovy reason to do it, but there was a dog that she was interested in. And this is cheesy, but it serves me so well, is to, like, really check in with your physiology. Uh -huh. uh, and so you ask yourself the question. It's not cheesy. It's real. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, so you ask yourself the question, should I do it? And mm -hmm. then you think about yes, and you just check in with how your body feels. Mm -hmm. And then you think about no. You check in how your body feels. Whichever one made you feel like kind of clenched and tight, right? Don't do that one. And whichever mm -hmm. one made you feel open, even if the open is like nervous, yeah. And, oh God, uh, that's the one you should do. Your mm -hmm. body will tell you if you yes. just listen. Well, so often when people are talking about a decision that they're trying to make, or they're stuck, they're like, "I don't know, I don't know." Mm -hmm. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, "You do, you do know. You're scared, but you do know." Yeah. yeah. Or you either don't like the answer, you know, yes. <laughs> or you're not listening. Yeah. Or you're not taking the second to check in. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's, you have the ability to know, right? Like stop the, I don't know. So I don't want to make a decision. Completely. Like, yep. Uh -uh. Yep. And you can always change your mind. Uh, yes. Like it, it blows my mind how often people get stopped to do something because they're like, well, what if I don't like it? It's like, yeah, you stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like I, I've heard people who have taken a job and quit the same day. Of course. Yeah. It just didn't hit. It didn't work. And that's all right. Right. But it is so true. It's very bizarre how I have just so many years of experience that nothing lasts. In fact, everything I've done has not lasted. And yet any decision I make going forward, specifically for jobs, I'm like, well, this is my sentence for the rest of my life. Like, 
have no evidence. I have no evidence. Yeah, you have so, the contrary evidence. <laughs> exactly. So go for it and know that it won't last forever and it'll mm-hmm. lead to something else. Yeah. But for some reason, when you're sitting in it, it's just, for me, it's fear. It's always, I don't know what's going to happen. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll just not do anything, which is a terrible option. Right. And you are certainly not someone who's not doing anything. Right. You have like, like, what are you up to? Like, um, hold on, let me get my scroll. Like, sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It's a lot, I like a lot of things. Uh, but it's also, I think, also scared. I think people with a lot of things are also really scared. It can either mean two things. One, that's your personality and you're yeah. into everything. It can also mean like, oh, I can't commit to anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not sure which one I want to do. So yeah, so there's good and bad to both. What are things that you're taking on for 2019 that you're excited about? Oh, great question. I have really tried to not lean into resolutions mm-hmm. this year just because they always fall through. Mm-hmm. So it is very, very practical things. Uh, I want a full-time job under a theory. I can't promise that this will work out for me, but under a theory that right now I just freelance and yeah. I'm such an extrovert that it is not good for me. Uh, poor Jordan just gets, as soon as she comes in the door, I'm like, somebody to talk to! Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, but to get some sort of like accountability job, mm-hmm. uh, a nine to five, in that anytime I have been super, super busy, well, then of course, if you're busy, a lot of the stuff gets done, but so much more gets done if I have a lot of things going on. Yep. Nothing gets done if I don't. Mm-hmm. So uh, a full-time job. Uh, check. Um, I would like to, uh, this is lofty because uh, as of now we have no training, but I would like to uh, get Tugboat his um, Good Citizenship Award because once he has that, yeah. he can be a therapy dog. And I would like that to be my philanthropic yeah. uh, division to give back. Yeah. Namely, because if you go to Google and you put therapy dogs, oh, the photos you will see of nursing homes and children's hospitals, you're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, oh. that's good. No, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, it, it makes me... Um, there's an element of humor to me in mm-hmm. that a dog needs to be trained right. to love in those situations. <laughs> yeah. Like I understand if you're like, oh no, this has been a guard dog of a um, dump or what is it called? Like a, when they, a dump? Yeah. They oh, have, sure, yeah. They have yeah. Dog, a, a yard dog. I think it's a technical yes. term. So they're, they're the guard dogs. So like, yeah, maybe we're not going to bring that dog into a kindergarten if he hasn't right. been trained. But 99% yeah. of all the other dogs, if you brought them to a nursing home, it's going to be the most magical day ever. Great. The thing we'll have to work with Tugboat is less friendly. You got to back it mm -hmm. off a bit uh, because he will be in the lap of every wheelchair. uh, And they may be like, that's a lot. There's Uh, like a 200-pound dog and like a 90-year-old like frail woman. She's like, okay. I think my hip broke again. Exactly. Your dog is so sweet, but I can't feel my legs. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, because I... The thing that I will forget when I'm down is you have to give back. Uh, yeah. In that, uh, I can just be like, well, I, I don't have time to help you. I got to help me. Mm-hmm. But then it's that juxtaposition of like, yeah, but helping you will eventually help yes. me. Yes. Uh, so, Tugbo, I'd like to uh, create another podcast uh, just because mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. So, I'd like to have a podcast of my own. And then, is there anything else? No, travel. I'd like yeah. to, yeah, go on vacation a lot. But it's basic. So, a job, train my dog, a podcast, and travel. Those sound like big ticket items. So I'm not sure if I would use the word basic. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Those those sound like pretty significant moves that are, they're good. Right. It's a good list. Thank you. Like that's a list of like things that are tangible and meaty. And when you get them, you're like, yes. I did it. I can check it off the list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because some of the, some of the resolutions that we set for ourselves. They're not even for us, really. Mm -hmm. They're to satisfy other people or other people's image of us or. Yeah. Like, do you really want it? Right. A hundred percent. And yeah, that's yeah. why most don't work because yeah. you really don't want it. Yeah. Like, do you want to give up cupcakes? Right. No, of course you don't. 
Of course you don't. No yes. one says that. And it's always a symptom of just like giving up cupcakes is actually just I want to feel better about myself. So yeah. why don't we put the time into feeling better about yourself? Yes. Well, yeah, I'll pick a cupcake every now and again. Yeah. Or daily if you're me. <laughs> it's okay. I had a friend once who I was giving a hard time about quitting smoking. And they're like, listen, if you want me to commit to never having a cigarette again, will you commit to never having a cupcake again? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> they both could kill us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the sugar to become as talked about as nicotine and uh, all the bad stuff in cigarettes are. Right. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I'm like, well, I could definitely cut back. Yes. If I knew it was imminent death. Right. Like a cupcake, if you have it, there's ways to like balance it out and work around it. Right. Cigarette, I don't, you can't like go to the gym and lose the cigarette. Yeah. There's not enough kale to kind of scrub those lungs cream. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So, but it was a very interesting perspective of like, what are you really giving up? Yeah. It's, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also, because boy, have I tried to uh, be like, I will muscle through this for you. You will change. Uh, and <laughs> including myself, uh, nobody changes unless they want to. Mm-hmm. So even if you did give up cupcakes, it wouldn't necessarily mean your buddy would because they yeah. haven't decided that it's important. No, for sure. And, and I, I really do believe also that when you're out playing a game that's bigger than you, mm-hmm. like if you, you know, focusing on getting tugboat ready to give back to others. Right. It changes so much. Yeah. How you're looking at things, what what's available to you, because it's not about you anymore. We spend so much time stuck on us. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like, like I am, me to me is very boring. Right. Right. Like, yes. why? Why am I being like, ner- like neurotic about this when it's like, no, like I'm boring. Let's go and engage with other people that are. Amazing. I eagerly said yes, yes to you saying you're boring. Just wanted to clarify there. uh, I was thinking of myself. I feel the exact (laughs) same way. You were a delight and very engaging and charming. Uh, But uh, yeah, everybody has that. I was just like, "Ah, too much me. Let's go outside. And then you feel better every time. There's a book called The Geography of Bliss, Hmm. where a guy went around the world and studied different cultures to figure out why are people happier in Mm. certain places than others. And he also went to the places where people rate really low in happiness and satisfaction. Yeah. And the one of the trends for the countries where people are the happiest, like places like Bhutan and Nepal, right. is that they spend less time thinking. Hmm. Yeah. Because when you start thinking and going down the rabbit hole of what's in my head, which mm-hmm. is usually a bunch of nonsense, <laughs> because our ego is so good at all sorts of ways to beat ourselves up right. and create doubt and make up stories about things that aren't real with other people and relationships and you name it. Right. Like if you want to figure, if you want an answer as to why your boss doesn't like you, it'll take three seconds to yeah. figure out 80 options. Right. But if you ask yourself like, what am I great at? It's yeah. like 10 minutes. You're like, I've got three things. I Maybe you found that. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. It's crazy how that works. So mm-hmm. one of their, the big lesson was like, stop thinking. Yeah. Like, go be in action, go do something, go for a run, go help people, work more, like stop it. Yeah. Like all you westerners that have all this freedom mm-hmm. because you're so luxurious in being taken care of, like stop it. Yeah. Like you've bored yourself into neuro- neurosis. Yeah. 100%. Yes, I agree with that completely. Mm-hmm. It's good advice. Not mine. So thank you. Geography <laughs> well, too late. I gave you credit. <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the podcast, we've been asking everybody, like, where do you stand on the powerful lady scale? Ooh. So if a one is feeling like a human and a 10 is feeling like a powerful lady, how do you feel today? How do you feel on most days? Ooh, good question. Um, today, five. 
And then it, it will. It'll swing from three to seven. Yeah. Uh, I've never hit 10. I've never hit one. Uh, so it, mm, I maybe hit two <laughs> back in 2016. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say right at a five. I'm proud of what I've done. And mm -hmm. I know that I can do so much more. So mm -hmm. I think that's sort of where it lands. What would be your, like, if all the women listening right now are, I'm just going to imagine that they're like, high school kids and they're full hope and what's next and I have no idea what's going on could be someone who's also 45 because we know that's how it works it sure. never changes the conversation but what would you what would you say to them and what advice would you give um yeah okay we'll go with 18 and this was I, I'll use this uh, as an anecdote as well but go full out I know there's that um Mary something quote about like playing small serves no one mm -hmm. um but I, I have I started around 18, would get super small in my performance, in my uh, whatever I was doing, and just real bashful because going big would embarrass me and it would embarrass other people. But then uh, I recently started writing shows uh, mm -hmm. for theme parks and I got to watch the uh, rehearsal process and the kids who were just like, I, I don't know, I don't quite have it figured out yet. I was like, buddy, fucking show me what we're going to do because otherwise I don't know what you're capable of. Yeah. So I would like show people what you're capable of uh, and know that that'll land better than being humble. Mm -hmm. Which is a lesson I'm still learning because uh, I'm still like, ah, simply uh, self-deprecation will lead with that. But it doesn't, people like, of course you can be conceited, but uh, I think for the most part, you just got to show people what you got and be mm -hmm. confident. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's the idea of like, just like living full out. Like mm -hmm. it's when you're around people who, not that they don't give a fuck, but like they just, they're not so worried about how they're going to show up and yep. they're just like there. Yep. Like there's the, the energy exchange is so different than yeah. people who are like closing yourself up and crossing your arms and like, no, yeah. don't look at me. And it's like, no, you're here. You're in the room. Like, yeah. I need you to show up so we can all show Give up. Give me everything like, you got. Yeah. yeah. And I think because we can all cite somebody who is just like, well, I don't want to be like that person who was a showboat and just mm -hmm. so crazy. Then I will argue, and this is groovy, but what you picked up on is not their showboatness. You picked up on their insecurity. Mm -hmm. They don't believe in themselves either. Yeah. They're just showing it in a different way. Yes. So be the person who accepts exactly who you are and you'll never go wrong. I yeah. Think. No, I, I <laughs> I said it better. Like I love speeches. Like yep, 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 like, yeah, exactly, exactly. No. Yeah, but it's. I think it will. That's going to be my lesson for life. Uh, that's the mm -hmm. one I'm going to have to learn over and over and over again. Of like, go big. You got to go big. Um, but and I think that's. Also, that's okay. That if you set out to go big and then you find yourself at a party and you're like, I said nothing, uh, and you're going home and you're feeling bad about yourself. Yeah, but you'll do better next time. And yeah. it's okay if you don't. But try to make that your goal. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the two laws live in existence together of go big and give yourself grace. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't give ourselves enough grace Ever. at all, right? And a, a reoccurring theme in the podcast have really been about giving yourself patience and grace. And when you're playing full out, it gives people access to support you and encourage you. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't have your dreams locked up in a notebook somewhere, right? Like they, they, they don't have room to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Like they have to live out here. Got to get them out of there. Yeah. There's so many people in your path that will allow them to come to life in ways you never thought were possible. Right. I mean, your podcast is a great example. Like you just said yes. And yeah. suddenly this whole world got created in front of you and you're mm -hmm. like, okay. Okay. There we seat, go, I guess. Go. <laughs> you're in charge. You're like, wait, what? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
What are what are routines that you put in place to be at your best? Oh, this is something I got to work on. Um, without accountability from other people, mm-hmm. I have no routine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, this the way I'm going to answer this question is what not to do. Yeah. Um, I also, as we're talking about, like I read this book and I read this book and I read this book. I can be real big on convincing myself I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to start my own podcast, but I'm not quite sure how. Uh, I want to get a job, but I'm not quite sure how. So then I will spend a good portion of the day watching YouTube tutorials or reading a self help book or mm-hmm. like all this stuff that is just an excuse to not actually work on the actual thing. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, as of right now, a routine that doesn't work is look up how to do it. You know how to do it. Just yeah. go do it. Uh, but on the days that I'm good, uh, working out early in the morning helps mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, meditating helps out a lot. Playing with a dog helps out a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, yeah, so long as you're working on your own stuff, being super supportive of other friends mm-hmm. um, can be can be a good routine to, to get into. So there's, of course, lots of myth and story about what the culture is like when you're in LA and you know there's so many people that are creating things and performing and there's obviously a lot of competition Mm -hmm. when you're everyone's masked right here together um what has it been like um finding really meaningful friendships here and being a fellow creative in that space yeah um you know what's so funny is that the ones that you don't have to try at are just the ones that you need. So I think mm-hmm. that was a lesson. If I could learn anything, uh, if somebody's really trying to be friends with you, but you're not vibing on it, you don't need to entertain that. Uh, mm-hmm. Equally, if you were just I'll hand it to, I'm making the gesture of a dog begging. Uh, <laughs> but if you're doing that to someone and it's just constantly met with, oh, I can't this week or I won't, just mm-hmm. don't let it let it sit. Maybe it'll come back around. But the ones that just kind of land softly is how you find your friends. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they're there. Yeah. Uh, you just have to, I guess, recognize it. When it's easy, recognize it and nurture it mm-hmm. is what I would say. Um, and almost always it's, uh, we have kind of uh, like interest in ethics and morals mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which helps, obviously. For sure. Yeah. So you you moved back here to be a personal trainer. Was that something that you were into before or was it a, a totally new thing that came out of nowhere that you're like, that's it? Yeah. So when I was in New York, we my day, I didn't have anything until 7.30 because the show was at 8. So mm-hmm. I have no accountability all day long. And so it was mainly just to fill up my days. Yeah. And then New York, uh, there's a gym called Equinox and yeah. they have a training program. So I went through that. I got certified. And then coming back, really, I knew that I would be a personal trainer for money, but it wasn't to be a trainer. It was, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit because the weather's nicer, but it was the weather and running away from a Mm -hmm. breakup. And then I immediately started at this woman's gym. Mm -hmm. And then that felt uh, nice and on purpose and like, okay, yeah, this is great. And you can work out outside year long. So that was good. That's definitely a benefit here. Yeah. Like having grown up and spent so much time in full seasons, full winters. It's just so nice every day to wake up and choose. Mm-hmm. Like anything on the menu is available. Yeah. And it's it's a game changer. It's great. And you got big into running, right? You were running specific yeah. trainers. Uh, so I was running before, I guess I started running 2006, seven. Um, and it, it is it is never, that weirdly has never been physical uh, mm-hmm. or like weight loss. It's just uh, mental health. Yep. Because it, it forces you to breathe. Uh, I cannot run in a gym. It's always outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another thing that was really interesting about New York. I grew up in Colorado, so I should have put this together. But I was losing my mind for Earth. And yes. I know that that's groovy. No. 
that it would be it would be negative two degrees and I would still go to Central Park just because I needed trees yeah. and I didn't thrive in a concrete jungle. Um, so yeah, so I started running in 2007. Uh, and then I, there, I certainly had points where I was like a half marathon every month. Uh, and now I'm like two or three times a week, three miles, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty casual, but I still, I really like it. And I have never once felt worse afterwards, mm -hmm. which is nice. It's been really interesting for myself with my running journey. Cause I used to be running all the time because I was, you know, multiple hours of athletics every day. Yeah. Right. And then running just becomes what you do to train. So mm -hmm. like you, it's one of the nice things you can keep doing, whether or not you have a team or structure or a club. Right. And I used, to, for a while, I was also working with Saucony, the running company. Oh, cool. I, I worked in the athletic companies for a long time. Yeah. Puma, Reebok. So there was always fitness elements. So you always had people to run with at lunch. You guys, were, you do 5Ks together. And that was awesome. And then moving here, I did some of the Ragnar races. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I got injured stopped running mm -hmm. and I was supposed to run a Ragnar had to pull out last minute yep. or back out last minute that sounds awful the way I worded <laughs> that um, yeah so um and then this past uh October September no, it was November we got invited to run the Ragnar up in San Francisco oh cool where you run to Napa Valley amazing and I was like, I really want to do it. We also had started doing Sober October, and we played the game of layering Sober October on all these fitness challenges inspired by Joe Rogan, because my boyfriend is one of his huge fans. And so we're like, we can do this too. It'll be fun. I'm like, yeah. okay. All right. We had a group doing it. And it was the first time during that week, it was the first time I had ran two miles. Sure without being in pain or stopping oh. in so long. And when you're a competitive athlete mm -hmm. and your body can't do what you want it to mm -hmm. do, it messes with your psyche about yourself so bad it's devastating yes and so i got to be like i could run four miles and four miles felt good and i was getting a little faster and this is amazing it's like all in a matter of four weeks when it would have been like two years of like or maybe a year of like on and off ability right. to do it mm -hmm. and then i got to the ragnar and when i ran on my legs like i i had to take a break at certain points either up steep hills or of course yeah whatever happened and it was such a mental challenge for me to practice giving myself grace yeah. and being yeah. like, you're not who you were. Mm -hmm. This is who you are right now. Right. What are you going to do about it? Yes. And being like, I don't like right, this, fine. but I'm going to do it. It's not fun, but yes. Yeah. Uh, 100%. First off, that's amazing. Do your listeners know what Ragnar is? Do they know oh, exactly no. how they work? I, nope. Go be, for it. Because you've done them. Uh, yes. I will maybe uh, uh, have you tell them how it works. Because <laughs> it's basically like a long relay race, right? Yeah. They're okay. usually about 200 miles and you have a team of 12. And you split into two vans. So you've got six people in each van. And everybody runs three segments. Yeah. So you start at 6 in the morning. And you all run from 1 to 2 to 3 all the way to 12, passing off right. a Who's slot running? bracelet. And, and that then, van just kind of goes with you nice and slow. Yep. Right? Yeah. And the van can either literally run with you sometimes. Sometimes you can't because you're off on a trail. And they'll meet you at the checkpoint. Right. And you just do this for like 36 hours until you get to the end place. So Incredible. The SoCal one runs from Huntington Beach to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And then the San Francisco one goes from San Francisco to Napa. Amazing. So people get to run across the Golden Gate Bridge and you're running through vineyards. Like that's actually a really amazing one. Yeah. So it, it, you don't need to be fast to do it. Right. Because you could run, I think, three miles or two and a half is like the shortest distance and the longest is 13. Right. And you kind of pick your leg based on your ability and there's some people who are insane and they run ultras mm -hmm. where there's six people that run the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And actually, Jesse, my boyfriend, and a bunch of the people we ran Napa with are going to do that in April oh, good for God. the SoCal one. So you're, everyone's going to run over a marathon. <laughs> yeah. 
if not two marathons. Utterly insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the 50Ks are insane. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. I'm proud of them, but that's insane. Yeah, so they're uh, taking this fun race and they're making it more competitive because they can. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so so Ragnar is amazing because usually running is not a team sport. Right. And you're a second of van for 36 hours with these people and you're stinky and gross and you just keep running. Yeah. You run at night, you've got a headlamp, you mm-hmm. run during the heat, like it doesn't matter. You just keep going. Right. And it's amazing to have the team support and all the other people, all the other teams are also very supportive. Yeah. That's just incredible. I think, uh, especially as a runner, mm-hmm. the amount of metaphors that you can create for it, because it really yeah. is just like, take it one step at a time, you will reach your destination. Yes. Uh, and then different than on a treadmill, like you can see, like I started there and I'm not there anymore. I yeah. have moved to this location, which yes. means progress. Uh, yeah. And it just, it helps. It's uh, so great. Well, um, first, Jordan, were you going to say something? Did we interrupt you? Sorry. I was going to make a joke and be like, my first part of training would be to make sure I could stay up for 36 hours. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my first part yeah. of training. It's got to be, yeah, everybody's got to be a little delusional. At the, oh, the, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. After you run your second, um, like we all, we, I've always been in van two, which right. means that we don't start running until noon, which means if you're runner 12, which I was in this last race, right. I didn't run until 4.30 that day. Yeah. So I had a whole day sitting in a van, which, you know, when you're running and need to stretch, you're mm-hmm. like, you're stuck in a van that you can't move. So all your muscles are cramping up right. and you're, right. you're not warm. Mm-hmm. So you, we did all that, and then we went and all slept in a hotel room for like three hours and then traded our hotel room to the next team. Yeah. So you're running in the middle of the night. It's so dark. Crazy. You start losing your mind. Uh-huh. You get back in the van, and you're like, wait, where am I? Where is my shoe? Right, right. Like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So you do lose your mind. Like at the, When you're done, there's a long you're very quiet in the van because yeah. no one has anything to say. Yep. All your energy is going into moving your legs. Right. And not getting lost on the trail. That's, yeah. The, I mean, of course, for, for non-runners, I'm like, you bozos, what are you doing? That's nuts. Yeah. But the the feeling that you get of like what a team can do, like yeah. what you can accomplish when somebody's supporting you is, I haven't done it, but just hearing about it, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I like that. No, so the last one that we did had three generations. They had um, mother, son, and grandson. Oh, wow. Running. Yeah. So it really is a race that, there are so many non-runners that mm-hmm. do that race mm-hmm. because if you can run three miles right, and you can run three miles on a Friday and run three miles on a Saturday, you can do it because you're really just doing some random run in the middle. Right, right. In the middle of the night, you decide yeah. to wake just up and go run. somebody running. else a break. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't take a lot of endurance or stamina. And many people have, like there are people that I was walking faster than they were running. Yeah. And they're fine with that. That's fine. That's okay. Everything's okay. Yeah, yeah you're helping us get there. Mm-hmm. You were part of it. That's yeah. what I was telling myself. Uh, I, Jordan and I played uh, bar trivia the other night. I contributed very little. But you like make yourself feel good that you're just like, but you wouldn't have got this one question right without me. But it does. Yeah. Like, yeah, but we needed you for that uh, one yes. question. Yes. So, uh, and then same with running. Like, yeah, you may feel like you didn't contribute a ton, but we couldn't have done it without you. So. Well, and there's the... Um, I've both participated in and also coached some of the programs at Landmark. And one of the best takeaways, are you familiar with that? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. And one of my favorite takeaways from it is how much of what we say in our head is a story. Mm-hmm. And the way you can judge what a story is, is if anyone else would see it differently. Right. Then it's not real. You <sighs> made it up. Look at that. Because it's all on that sliding scale, right? Mm-hmm. So did I contribute? Scale. Did, am I good enough? Scale. Do you love me? Scale. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> the only thing that you can say is true is like we'd all take a tape measure and 
we'd all get our heights right. Right. Or the weight would end up being the same. Yeah. Or the square footage in this room. We can all measure it the same way. Right. But anything that's not that, it's complete nonsense. Yeah. And the magic of like all of it is you get to move your marker on the scale. Right. Like, did I contribute? Yes, I did. I did. I did. No yeah. one would have won. We would have on go- <laughs> no one would gotten free beers if I wasn't there. Yeah. It's thank you. See? Yeah. It was all because of you. Yeah. Right. But it is such a, especially that story thing. It's so interesting how the same stories will play over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And your little mind just like running the same like VHS yes. tape that you had in high school. And you're like, there's so many other options. They're streaming now. Choose a new story. Yeah. Because you can. Yeah. Uh, and it, that does help a lot of like, what else could this mean? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Well, I think it's so great when you start getting the self-awareness of what are the things that I realize I'm saying to myself. Mm-hmm. And you can like make a little mental flag in your head like, oh, I said it again. Yep. I'm going to say something else. Mm-hmm. So like who, it's almost like you end up creating like the angel and the devil right in your head of like, you don't look so great today. Yeah. And then the angel gets to be like, excuse me. Uh-uh. Nope. Have you seen this? Yeah. <laughs> are you looking the same here? Thank I'm you. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, is but of all these things, it's so easy to say. It's challenging to do. But if you surround yourself with with good people like your team, uh, they're quick to be like, new story, please. And that yeah. helps. Yeah. No, I even caught myself apologizing for how slow I was running. <laughs> and like and that's it, it's funny, right? Because again, it's a scale. Right. I'm running fast even when I had to stop to walk, mm-hmm. I was still getting it done faster than Half the group was getting it done. Exactly. But my scale is like, you should be under eight minutes. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> like a crazy person. Yeah. And they, I would get in the van. Under eight like, minutes is a lot. That's fast. Yeah, That's very yeah. fast. It's, it's yeah. like, yes. <laughs> but it, my, I would get in the van and my team would be like, stop it. We're not even going to listen to yeah. it. Shut yep. up. Yep. Here's water. Bye. You're doing great. You're doing great. And I was like, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for every once in a while. We all need someone who will just smack us. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go all the way back to you saying how difficult it is, like once you're at your peak, you mm-hmm. have to take a break because of an injury. And then you yeah. come back and you are not at the level. Nothing is harder because mm-hmm. everyone ends in disappointment. You're just like, well, it's not what I used to be able to do. Yeah. And it's so hard to just grace, 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 grace. Mm-hmm. But it's a good thing to practice to come into it. Uh, also, yeah. a sub eight is so fast. You should be so proud of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's... it's um. <laughs> I don't think I could get there again, but same. No, no, no. I uh, I've got my one victory for my one half marathon, and uh, I'll just go ahead and tell people that time and ask them not to make me do it again. Cause, yeah, because I can't. But it was nice that I did it at one point. So that's and good. I'm sure if I was dedicated and I'm like, that's the only goal I have. Sure. Then yeah, of course we could make it happen. Like there are people who are so um, mature mm-hmm. in their age mm-hmm. that are running amazing races. Oh yeah. And doing great and kicking everyone's butt. Yeah. But you just choose that that's what you want to dedicate your time to. Because it just, it occurs to me that it takes more time to attain a physical, athletic goal, Mm -hmm. the older you get, than like all the other fun things we could be doing. Like making podcasts. Thank you. Exactly. And that tending to injuries thing is so crucial Mm -hmm. because especially mine's a, mine's a hip flexor thing. I got a a little hitch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That'll get you. You like to get sticky and bring your psoas in there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Precisely. So, uh, so I think, yeah, if you've got the money and the time to do Mm -hmm. uh, all of the rolling out and the physical therapy and the stretching, then great. But otherwise, if you don't, then we're going to have to minimize the mileage mm-hmm. because I can't, uh, I can't give myself a new tire every time. <laughs> yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like when I first started um, in college playing athletics, we would, we had a trainer mm-hmm. 
And I mean, we're college athletes, so you're working out all the time. Right. Like, it never stops. Like, mm-hmm. We would get bored and be like, let's just go back to the gym. <laughs> like it's that or like cause trouble. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And we exactly. don't want to study because that's no, enough no, of that. No, no, uh, frown uh, upon. Right. So <laughs> you would, we just spent so much time being active. Right. And like all the athletes are also playing all the intramural sports. Like we couldn't sit still. Mm-hmm. And what I know now versus what I knew then. And I know like the trainers were lovely, but they also gave only the advice they knew. Mm-hmm. And 20 years ago, like it wasn't the same advice. Right. And the I I just now have finally figured out how to deal with my IT band and hip flexor yeah. in the past five years. It's so crazy. Is it on your left side? I both are oh, okay. jerks. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that and then my IT bands, like they all group in together yep. to be buttheads. Yeah. Um Thank you. you know, thanks, mom and dad, for these wide hips. Right. <laughs> um, but it's it's like this. Um, I wish I knew then how to take care of my body better. Right. Because I wouldn't have had some of the injury roadblocks that kept showing up. Like it's always been the same injury. Right. It's not like oh, it's my hip flexor and then I broke my arm. Like no. Right. It's, it's always a hip flexor. It's always legs and it's always related to that. Like if it's not my hip flexor, it's the knee because it's getting pulled on. And yep. We um recently recorded a podcast with Bree Zaragoza, who's a mobility specialist. She's, cool. um, she's a yoga certified and also a personal trainer and she's a dancer. Oh, cool. And she's taught me so much about how to better take care of my body mm-hmm. than anyone who was like allegedly certified at the time to do it. Right. And it's heartbreaking how there's still so much of the old knowledge that that's out there mm-hmm. yeah and to give these coaches minimal credit because they educate yourself help me not hurt but when things don't hurt yeah because when i was in new york i was at equinox they had all the facilities to stretch and roll out but nothing hurt yeah. so i didn't yeah so i would uh run my say the loop of central park is six miles uh and then i would wad myself up and sit in front of the tvs <laughs> without yeah. stretching at all yeah and i knew better but there mm-hmm. weren't any symptoms yet so yeah it is it is a little bit like yeah it would have been great but would i have used it mm-hmm. i don't know maybe well, there's the Paul checkbook, uh, Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. Right. And we bought the old version off of Amazon because I don't think they keep printing it. But it's a textbook that asks you all these questions about, you take quizzes. <coughs> Excuse me. And it goes through your sleeping and your eating and how you eat and why. Right. Do you have parasites or not? It's basically getting your entire body as an ecosystem better. Cool. And his whole thing is like, you do not need to sweat every day if you don't want to, but you have to stretch. Wow. And you have yeah. to keep your mobility. Right. Like, if you keep your mobility, it's like, I remember growing up and seeing, you know, the guys, the old guys doing the Tai Chi mm-hmm. in the park. You're like, what are those weirdos we're doing? doing? Yeah. Uh, they're actually way smarter than we all were because- So much smarter. They're maintaining their mobility and their range of motion. And yeah, to your point, like, if I stretch the way I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. it's two hours yep. a day yeah. commitment. Yeah. And I haven't even worked out yet. That's just stretching. Right? Yes, exactly. I have a YouTube video that's uh, just for hips, mm-hmm. 18 minutes, and I get to it every other week. Yeah. 18 minutes I cannot find. Mm-hmm. Insane. I know. We've taken the new practice of just leaving the yoga mat out in front of the TV. <laughs> yeah. Jesse's been doing it. I'm just not putting it away. Because right. if it's there, you're like, oh, I can do okay. a little stretch while we're watching this commercial. It's true. Yeah. And it does help. Yeah. But and the two of us are nerding out, rolling out and watching TV. <laughs> like if someone walked in right now, they'd be like, what are, what you, are guys? you doing? Yeah. I love it though. I love it though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. You have to. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, what messages would you like women out there to know? Oh boy. Great. 
Um, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you? Because I, I definitely, especially with social media, it's mm -hmm. great to keep up with people. It is bad to compare. Yes. So I think just whatever feels like super, super authentic, that is what you were supposed to do. You are on the right track and mm -hmm. don't look to anybody else. If you're doing you, great. There's going to be a ton of rejection around it, but it'll be less rejection than if you're faking it. So mm -hmm. just do you. And then that go full out thing yeah. um, is, uh, those are lessons that I need to learn. Yeah. But the only success I have ever had is when I did those two things. So mm -hmm. it works. Thank you so much for being a yes to the Powerful Ladies podcast. Thank you for accepting the invitation indirectly through Jordan. Yes. Um, she got there faster than I could. So <laughs> awesome. Yay. And um, yeah, I look forward to being able to support you and listen to your podcast more and just tell people how awesome you are. So I can't wait for this episode to come out. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Renee is one of my new favorite human beings. She is kind, generous, wise, funny, and exceptionally humble. She is a powerful lady who has done huge things and continues to be vulnerable and honest about what it looks like to keep creating and discovering what's next in life. Her wisdom into living boldly and all out, we all need to hear more often. She's a great example of how rolling with the unexpected opportunities in life provides you with the opportunity to enjoy moments you never planned for. If you also want Renee as your new friend, you can support her by following her on Instagram at Renee S. Colvert and on Facebook at Renee Colvert. Follow Can I Pet Your Dog on Instagram and Twitter at C-I-P-Y-D podcast. Listen and subscribe, rate and review Can I Pet Your Dog on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And she is one of the brave souls who is down for you to email her. So tell her what you thought of this episode. Tell her your favorite part. Tell her how much you love Can I Pet Your Dog podcast, Colvert at gmail.com. And as always, you can find all of her handles and information on the Powerful Ladies website in the show notes. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here at Powerful Ladies, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review on any of these platforms. Share the show with all the powerful ladies and gentlemen in your life. Join our Patreon account. Check out the website, thepowerfulladies.com to hear more inspiring stories, get practical tools to be your most powerful, get 15% off your first order in the Powerful Ladies shop, or donate to the Powerful Ladies One Day of Giving campaign. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. For show notes and to get the links to the books, podcasts, and people we talk about, go to thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. She's one of the first female audio engineers in the podcasting world, if not the first. And she also happens to be the best. We're very lucky to have her. She's a powerful lady in her own right, in addition to taking over the podcasting world. She's a singer-songwriter working on her next album, and she's one of my sisters. So it's amazing to be creating this with her, and I'm so thankful that she finds time in her crazy busy schedule to make this happen. It's a testament to her belief in what we're creating through Powerful Ladies, and I'm honored that she shares my vision. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love. Are you afraid of what's in your mail? You probably should be. Look at that label. It's full of soy and canola oil and nonsense that you cannot read. Well, great news. Primal Kitchen makes an amazing series of mayos. My favorite is the mayo avocado oil. Everything in it you can read on the ingredient list and it's delicious. 
Don't compromise on what you're eating. Don't compromise in your health. Go to Primal Kitchen today. Use code POWERFULLADIES and get 10% off your order. 